0: i glad you guys are here today. Um, I have, um, I yesterday, or on Saturday, um, the workout for the day, on Friday, the workout for the day was 150 wall balls. And uh, then the very next day, Clay and his son-in-law and I drove out to Tampa, and we did what's called the Savage Race. And I don't recommend the pairing of those two, 150 wall balls and then a, and then a workout is, is, is never ever, and then a, a seven mile uh, obstacle course relay is never a good idea, but we did that yesterday. I, ha- I had a blast and um, I was talking with uh, Clay yesterday and we were talking about skydiving. How, any of you guys have ever been skydiving before? All the real tough people just raised their hands. And uh, how many of you guys, you wish you could go skydiving? But maybe you're, yeah, you wish you go, yeah, a couple of middle school students are still here, like, I'll go. And uh, how many of you guys in here today, you'll be honest, like, you're, you're a man or a woman in here today, and you're like, I wanted to go, but my spouse just would not let me go. You're like, just would not let me go. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, and those of you guys are like, kind of like, I don't know if I should raise my hand. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, uh, about two years ago, um, at the, or three or four years ago, we were doing this, uh, um, doing this missions conference at, our, at Orlando Baptist Church, where we came from before we started this church, and, and uh, we were doing a series called All In, or, you know, I love my church, and we were trying to say, who, who loves to church the most? Who would do the most craziest thing? And so um, one day this lady called me, Miss Pam called me, remember this Derek? And she goes, hey, I'm gonna pay for you to go skydiving. And I was like, Hashtag, there is a God. You know, like I'm like I will go. I, this is this is exciting. Like I'm I'm going skydiving. This is gonna be incredible. I mean, I'm gonna have a blast, and it's gonna be incredible. And hopefully, I live. And and um and I told her I was like, Hey, Diana, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go skydiving. This is gonna be incredible. And she's like, Yeah, 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 yeah whatever. Well, Miss Pam calls me, and Miss Pam goes, Hey, I, I've got it figured out. There's a place over by the coast. They're gonna let you go, and I've got I've got all the all the I'm gonna pay for it. And so I call uh, Diana's down. I'm like, hey, Pat, I worked for her at that time. I was like, Hey, Pastor Dave, good news. I'm gonna beat you guys in this all-in competition. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going skydiving. So he's like, dude, Dinah's not gonna let you go. And I'm like, I'll tell her I'm going skydiving. That's what I'll do. I'll tell her. I said, this ain't your house. This is my house. I'm gonna show you how we do it at my house, you know? And so I hang out with him. I called and I said, hey, babe, I'm going skydiving this weekend. It's gonna be killer awesome. And I hung up with her just like that because that's how I roll my house. I just tell him like it is and she just deals with it. Well, about a minute, literally about a minute later, maybe a minute later, I look at my phone and, uh, and, and on my phone, and Big D was calling, which is my father in law. And I, I said, Hey, what's up? He goes, Hey, bro. I said, What's up? He goes, You're not skydiving. And I was like, No, I already called and told her. He goes, I know. You called and told her. She called and told me. And now I'm calling to tell you that you ain't skydiving. And I was like, No. I, I like to let you think that maybe that was the end of the story. It wasn't the end of the story. The lady came up to me and goes, hey, I, I feel really bad for you that you can't go skydiving. Here's a $200 Visa gift card. Go buy yourself some clothes. I was like, this is a win-win situation. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather, if you know me, I'd rather spend money buying clothes and shoes than I would jumping out of an airplane anyways. And, and so I went to that lady. I'm like, hey, just out of curiosity, she, I said, why wouldn't, what's, what's up with the skydiving thing? Like, I'm like, have you been? You know, I knew she hadn't been before. I'm like, "Why why wouldn't you? why wouldn't you let me go skydiving? She's like, I, I, when, whenever you called me, whenever you told me about it a couple of days ago, I checked your insurance, your life insurance policy, and it doesn't cover death from jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> My wife loves me unconditionally-ish, you know? She's like, I need the money, bro. I can't, I can't, there was, was only one kid back then. She's like, I can't do this by myself. I need your money. I'm like, you gold digger, you know? And, but, uh, but I, I love uh, this idea of, of jumping out of, out of an airplane, going, going all in. And I was talking to Clay about his skydiving experience and, and uh, Clay's a big guy, he's, he's tall and he's just a big guy. And he was telling me, they, they took him up in this little rickety airplane. He goes, the kind of airplane they want you to get in, you don't wanna skydive when you see the airplane. He said, then I get out there and he goes, the guy next, he, he goes, the guy that's jumping out with me, he's about half my size. And he's about, you know, a couple years away from dying. And I'm like, bro, that should have been your first sign. <laughs> he says, they tell you, he goes, they, the guy says me, go over by the air, he goes, they open up the door and they open up the airplane and said, go sit on the edge and uh, I'm gonna come up and strap in with you. I'm gonna come and strap onto you. And uh, he's like, he says, "I I need you to strap to me first. <laughs> Clay's like, "I'll carry you over there," and he's like, "No, you got to go the first, and then I'll come over." And, and so he gets over there on the edge, and he says, "All right, you got? Are you ready?" He goes, uh, "No, I'm not ready. I want to make sure I'm clipped." And Clay's like, "I'm back there, like checking the harnesses and making sure." and Never skydived before, but he's trying to check the harnesses like he's been before. He's like, "I'm checking." He goes, "The next thing I know, I, I he says, I want you now. I want you to take a couple steps forward, and I want you to stand up on that tire out there.'" I know you're thinking what I'm thinking like tires move, you know, (laughs) he's like to sit on the tire and then whenever you're ready, you just go. And and I've heard this about skydiving. Typically they say, we're going to count to three and then we're going to jump. And usually they make you jump at two because if you get to three, you're going to change your mind. Right. And um, I love this idea of all in. Last week, we looked at the fact that Jesus went all in for us. So we could go all in for him. We could go all in for, we, Jesus went all in for us. So we could go all in so we could go all in in, in, in for him and he, he, makes, he makes a way for us. And I love what the Bible says in Romans chapter five, verse eight, uh, Pastor Ed spoke to us last week and I love this verse because the Bible says that even though we were sinners, even though we were, we were messed up, even though we were screwed up, even though we had all of our issues, Christ loved us. He loved us no matter what. If you've ever dated someone, you date them long enough to find out what all their issues are and then you're like, oh, they're too much, <laughs> peace. But what I love about God is God knew all of our issues and he's like, no, I'm in. I'm, I'm actually all in with you guys. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be all in and I'm, I'm with you. And so because Jesus went all in for us, we get to be all all in for him. I love what Pastor Ed said last week also that you know we don't have to pre-qualify. There's no prerequisites for Jesus loving us. He just loved us, he chose to love us and I love that. And, and so he went all in for us, so we get to go all in for him. And all in basically is saying this, I know God loves me. All in is basically saying us, you and I, you and I saying, I know that God loves me. I know God's got a plan for my life. That's what all in is. And so I want to look at that today. I want to look at the decision to go all in. The decision um, to go all in. I, the Bible talks a lot about being all in. I, and I love what the scripture has to say about, about being all in. And I was looking through scriptures and I really want to try to narrow it down to, to just one passage of scripture and just say, hey, this is the one verse we're going to use over the next four weeks. But there's so much scripture that we need to use to kind of remind us that God went all in for us and that we can be all in for him. And so the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, so whether you eat or you drink, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Go all in. Whatever you're, if you're eating or if you're drinking, some of you guys are like, I can eat really, really well. Like I can do that. I can bring God a lot of glory. Um, last night, uh, our friends were like, Hey, let's go to Four Rivers. I can, I can do that for the glory of God. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I, whatever you're doing, go, go all in. If you're eating or you're drinking, basically whatever you do, you ought to go all in for it. You ought to go as hard, hard as you can go and, Yesterday, uh, Clay and I were doing this race, and we started at about 11 a.m., and, and we, were, we realized that we were kind of moving ahead of our pack, and every 20 minutes, they let out more people to go out and do this race, and so about every 10 or 15 minutes, Clay would say, let's ask these people, or I would say, let's ask these people where they're at, and I was asking everybody, like, hey, where are you at? <laughs> hey, what time did you start? And we were passing people in, in, the of, in the chunks of 20, but you got to the very end, I'm like, hey, I, I kept on be, hey, you're doing good, you're doing good, and then I said, you know what, these people don't think that they're doing good. So I started asking hey, are you okay? <laughs> After about an hour or two, hey, are you good? You know, are you, are you good? What time do you start 10? Are you good? Are you having fun? Are you having fun? But whatever we're doing, we're supposed to be all in with that. We're supposed to be going as good as we can. We ought to be giving all the glory to God. Matthew chapter 22, the Bible says this, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all, all of your heart. If you're gonna love God, you ought you to go all in with God. If you're gonna be with God, you're gonna be close to him, you have a relationship with God. He went all in for you. We might as well go all in all in for him and my buddy uh, Robert's here today and um, there's so many of you guys that are back from last week and Robert's been a lifelong friend of mine. It's good to see Sharon back from Canada and, and uh, I got friends in the back from CrossFit and just a lot of new, a lot of people coming back and, and uh, one of the things about Robert is Robert, Robert's been telling me this verse since I've known him. man. We're, we're supposed to, whatever we do, we're, we're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and your mind. I've told you guys this about Robert. Robert loves people really, really well. He does that really, really good. And that follows that verse that we're called to. if we're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, this is the first and greatest command. The second one is love your neighbor as yourself. or to love people like we're supposed to love people. We're supposed to love people as love your neighbor as yourself. We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to go all in. If you're going to love people, go all in. If you're going to love God, go all in. Commit your entire, entire life to him. A friend of mine the other day, I heard him say, I'm a Christian. I'm just not all in. Man, the Bible says we're supposed to go. If you're following Jesus, you might as well go on. You might as well dump yourself all in. I, I, I've tried my best, uh, Angela, to be all in with the Gators this season. I've tried my best. And uh, I told Ryan today, I'm at such a low point. Typically, like, if you're, like, if you're having a bad season, like, you just, like, you, for a Florida fan, you just, it's okay as long as Florida State loses that day. So, like, it's okay. But now I'm like... We, we, none of us are winning. Like, it seems like no one went in. And now I'm at the point now where I'm like, well, I'm just gonna pull for other SEC teams. And I'm like, man, when Georgia lost last night by a lot of points, and I'm like, now I'm like, I'm a UCF fan for the rest of the season. I'm in, you know? And, and so I'm just gonna be like, go Knights and charge on, you know? And so I realize whatever team that you're in, you wanna go all in and you wanna cheer for them, you wanna go nuts for them, you wanna go crazy for them, but we gotta be all in with God. We gotta be all in with God. We gotta love the Lord our God with all of our, all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind. Matthew chapter 19, the Bible says this. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Man, when we go through life, it's, it's sometimes what we feel like what God's calls to do. It seems like it's impossible. With God, it's possible to go all in because I feel like that I want you to does a spoiler. He does, all the, he does all the heavy lifting. God does all the heavy lifting. He wants you and I to go all in, to go all in, Uh, with him there's another verse in Matthew chapter 19 verse 26 I read that to you and there's another passage of scripture Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 through 17 the scripture communicates to us that man God went all in for us we got to go all in we got to go all in um, with him and so but I want to I want to skip that verse and I want to go to right to Isaiah chapter 54 Isaiah chapter 54 that's I want to spend majority of our time together some of you guys like Wes you just put me on scripture overload and um, I'm not done yet I'm not done yet. Isaiah chapter 54. Um, I want to say this to you as a, as a, as a, um, as a kind of a one more uh, introductory remark going into Isaiah chapter 54. I love this pastor scripture. I you'll hardly ever hear me preach out of the Old Testament. Um, I'm, I typically spend most of my days in the New Testament, everything I've given you thus far is the New Testament, but I love this. And um, what I want to say to you, if you're visiting our church right now, we're going into a season of our church and we're in a season of growth. And we've been in that season of, of growth for the last, the last two years. And so really what I'm asking our church, this whole All In series, is basically I'm inviting people to go in on the journey with us. You know, journeys are fun, but they're funner when we go in, when we go in together. Last night I did a wedding um, at a house over here in Windermere, a small little intimate wedding. And, um, and one of the the lady wrote her vows uh, to her husband and they both wrote their vows and they both talked about going on this adventure adventure together, going on this adventure together and, and doing life together and having fun. And this is a really fun couple. You can tell they're gonna go on some adventures together, but this, what we're doing is super fun, but not only is it fun, it has eternal implications on it. It has eternal implications on it. We're not just trying to we're not just trying to we're not just trying to do some good things and we're not just trying to give some people some hope high fives, which we like doing those things, but we're really trying to, if you're kind of new with us, say we're trying to change an entire city in conjunction with some other churches that are trying to do the same exact thing. Like they're doing it the way they're doing it, we're doing it the way we're doing it. But we think that with the, if they're doing what they're called to do and we're doing what God's called to do, we're thinking we believe that we can reach this entire city for Christ. We believe there could actually be a day where there's more people in church than there are in Walmart on a Sunday morning. You're like, well, that's a pretty big goal. We just believe that. And so that's kind of where Ahead, And so we're really just, this next three weeks, we're really just inviting people on the journey, not just with us, but we're really inviting you in on a partnership with God. We're inviting you on a, on a partnership with God. My wife came back from Bible study on Thursday night, and she said, man, this person right here, she is growing so so, so, so much. I was talking to a friend of mine. she has been coming to church here for six months. She goes, I've learned more about God in six months than I've had my, my whole entire life in just six months. And so I'm inviting you in today to go all in with God. And if you wanna go all in with us at this church, that's awesome too. We always have more room at the table. We say it all the time. There's always more room at the table. We don't care what you look like, what you smell like, what you act like. We, everyone can come to the table. Everyone can come to this table and there's room for more people. There's always more more room. I was telling Diana the other day, babe, our table's not big enough. Like we need a bigger table so we can have more people at our table. We want more people at our table, our actual, our living room, not our dining room table. Like, but at our church, there's room for more people. We wanna make space for more people. But Isaiah chapter 54, this is an Old Testament uh, pastor scripture. And if you know anything about the church or know anything about, about the Old Testament, you know that the, that, the, that, the, um, that the children of Israel, those are God's chosen people. But the God's chosen people does not mean that they were God's perfect people. They were God's chosen people, but they were not God's perfect people. They didn't have it all figured out. Every time they would take a step forward, they would take two steps back. Sometimes they would take two steps forward, and they would take like 20 steps back. They got to a place where they were in slavery and they're like, um, and they got out of slavery. They told God, God, we'd rather go back to slavery because at least in slavery, we ate better food. And they were like, we don't like what the food you're providing. We want the old food, which that was in slavery. We'd rather go back to being abused than living in, in, in freedom. They just really couldn't get their, their stuff together. But God's trying to say to them, hey, man, I. I've got a great plan for you, and so Isaiah chapter fifty-four is kind of like a snapshot of their kind of like their whole entire life, and I want to unpack it very briefly and give you a couple of thoughts that I think make it help us today. Isaiah chapter fifty-four, uh, verse one, of the Bible. I'm gonna read off the screen. Sing, O childless women, um, or women, you who have never ever given birth. Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children. Then the woman who lives with their husband, says the Lord. Now, just snapshot real quick, that means nothing to anybody in here today unless you've studied this before. But he's saying this is not about this is not about um, women here today. He's using like an illustration. You and I I get up here and I talk about running or you know, I talk about a savage race or talk about jumping out of an airplane. He's saying, hey. You know what? I want I want you to get prepared. You're not ready for this yet, but I'm about I want to, I want to prepare you for something something's coming, something something that you can't really see. Which we're gonna talk about that next week. But there's something a whole lot bigger going on than you actually can see. You're not really experienced the 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 fruit that's gonna come, but something's coming, and I need to get you prepared for that. And um, I've never been pregnant before, um, but basically I've been on the journey with it. I've I've had to walk alongside my wife for nine months. So basically that's like being pregnant from what I've been told. You no. Know. <laughs> Joe's like, this guy is retarded. Like, why did he, he says the dumbest things. What is wrong with this guy? And he's like, that's, part of him is like, I don't know why he says that, but he's like, that's why I keep on coming back, you know? And so, like, what's he gonna say? He's like, no, it's nothing like that, you know? Okay, I have no idea what it's like to have a baby, okay? Uh, disclaimer, I, I don't know what that's like. And, but I know, I've, I've heard it's hard, you know? I've heard it's difficult, but he's saying, hey, you don't know what that's like, it's coming. The very next verse, the Bible says this, says, says this enlarge your house and build an addition Spread out your home and spare no expense. The next part of it says this in Isaiah 54, three, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Hey, something big is coming. Like you, you don't know what it's like. You're not quite experienced. I'm trying to give you this little illustration, but I want you to know something huge is coming. Because I want you to spread out your tents. I was driving on, um, I was driving on 408 this this past week to take my kids to school and. I don't know what that's called out there that happens the last three days at, out there at the um, Camping World Stadium, but it's like, wow, right? It's like the techno show. Some of you guys are like, yeah, I'm going right after church, you know? And I took a break to come to church. I'm going back and, and, my, and I'm like, it's this big concert and it's, um, I don't really know, I'm, I'm losing the, the, what it's like. I know it's not a rap concert, but it's like techno dancing, what's it called? Yes, he's like EDC, yes. It's, I, it's, you know, it's shrooms and it's a blast from what I've been told. <laughs> that's the part I've gotten so far. It's like, I know it's dancing, it's crazy. I'm like, and I'm always like checking my Facebook feed so I can see if any of you guys are there, you know? And so um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, but they're putting up these huge tents. They're putting up these huge tents. I mean, it is big. And so my kids ask me this question today. My, my, my kids, I'm like, I'm like, it's a three-day concert and they're going to be going, they're going to be going hard for three days. Like they're going to be having a blast. And my kids are like, well, do they sleep there? And I'm like, you know what? I've not been yet. And um, but I, I don't know if they sleep there or not. I know they party pretty hard and but they have these huge massive tents and you go there and, and you and you see that they're preparing for something they're preparing for something big because you gotta you gotta set up a big entire tent because a lot of people are coming. A a big thing is coming, something huge is coming that you can't really get your, your mind around. You, you really can't can't really fathom, and he says, "If you're going to spread your tents, it seems to be busting out." But here's what's important about that: you have to have long ropes. The higher you go, the longer the ropes have to go out to base this thing in. Does that make sense? The bigger the tent, this right here is a two-story building. It's a gymnasium. It's a two-story building. The bigger the, the higher you go with building, the deeper the foundation. The far, the higher you go up, the bigger, the bigger the base. The Eiffel Tower could not go as high as it is if the base was any narrower. It's gotta be a wide base. The wider the base, the higher, the, the higher it, it can go. The higher it goes, the deeper the foundation he goes, hey, something big is coming. You gotta get yourself prepared for it. And he goes, I want you to know this, that spread the tent wide open. You've been using a small tent. And to you and I, tents, this, is like, this sounds like a bad, um, a, a bad definition or a bad illustration, but this is all they knew. They took their church with them place to place and it was in a tent, so a lot of times like, man, God sent us a building. We're doing pretty good because at least we're not outside in a tent when it's raining, sideways rain. That was what they had for church. They would put up a tent and they would set up the holy, the holies and they would set up the place for them to have worship and all that. They were portable church. That's all the church has ever known. And so if you're wondering like, man, why don't we have a building? Like we're trying to be like the portable church, you know? Like we wanna be like they did in the Bible days. They were just rolling with that thing. And so the higher you go, the deeper the foundation and he goes, hey, I want you to make sure you let the ropes out far but he goes, I want you to do something super, super, super important. Make sure you drive the stakes super deep. Drive the stakes super, super deep. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about this idea of of driving down the stakes super, super deep. I want to give you this phrase today. And this phrase is this, that the decision, decision determines destiny. Decision determines determines destiny or decisions determine destiny. If you're going to, if they're going to, if you're going to build a tent today, if you're going to lock in your stakes, you're going to do that. It takes a decision. But if you never make a decision, you'll never, ever have a destiny. Just nod your head if you agree with me today. That's not like a good place for an amen. But if you don't have, if you never make a decision, you'll never, ever, ever have a destiny because you'll just go wherever you're going to go and you just go with the wind. And you, whenever you land there, that's where you land at. And that's where you landed at. And like, how did you get there? It was an accident. We just, we just got there and we're not exactly sure how we got there, but we know we got there and we never ever get to where we want to be. We do get to a destination, but it's not the destination that God designed for us. I ask a lot of young people all the time, Hey, where are you going in life? I have no idea. I don't I'm not quite sure. I ask young people, hey, where are you can go to school at? Where are you go to college at? They're like, I don't know. I talk to people once they graduate college. What are you gonna do for work? They say, I don't know. And we never ever make a decision. So if we don't make a decision, a little net we'll never ever land at our destiny. We'll land at an accident. Some of you guys are in here today, you're in a season where you kind of just drift and the stakes aren't deep, and we need you here at this church. And you have a lot to offer, not to this church, but you have a lot to offer to God. And I know that you have a lot to of offer to God because God says he made you incredible. He made you unique. He made you gifted. He made you talented. You're incredible. You're awesome. Just tell yourself right now, I'm awesome. Just say I'm awesome. Some of you guys are like, I have low self-esteem. Just fake it anyway. Just say I'm awesome. Like, Hey, you're awesome. You're awesome. You have a lot to offer to God. And he knows that because he made you gifted. He made you incredible. He made you unique way before your mom and dad knew you. He put you together. You're incredible. God's got a great plan for your life and something big is coming. And you can either join in with us and say, man, God's going to do something big at this church. I'm just going to go with them. Or today you can walk out here and say, God's going to do something big into me. God's going to do something big inside of me. And wherever I go, God's going to do something great. And that's fine. That's awesome. And that's incredible. I think this, we think sometimes we look at scripture and like, oh, that's just for them. I think that we would, if we want to see what happened in the Bible happen in our lives, we might want to start believing what God's doing in the Bible and actually start applying it to our lives. Does that make sense? Did that, that just, it came out really fast. It made sense in my mind. Like we, if we want the same results that we see these guys do, when the Bible talks about greater things are still yet to be done, when the Bible talks about you're gonna, these guys are the people that turn the world upside down. I don't know about you guys, but I wanna turn Winter Garden upside down. I'm glad that God's only given us one city. Sometimes I tell my friends, like we have a small city. I'm glad that we just had this little bit of area, but you better believe for sure, I'm gonna start in this area, but this is not where I'm gonna land at. We've got further. We might have landed in Winter Garden, but we're going to keep on going. You know, Christopher Columbus found America by accident. And I'll tell you this much. We're not here by accident. You're not, you're not alive by accident. But I'm going to make sure, While well, wherever I land at, I'm going to make sure I'm doing something that's going to change the world. I was telling Matt and Whitney this week, Sharon's here today, it's wit 's mom, and she has this really stressful life where she goes to Canada and, and does work for a few months. And then when it gets cold, she comes back to us, you know? And like, everybody comes back to us when it gets cold, you know, I'm like, you guys are using us and I'm totally okay with you using us, you know? Like I've always wanted snowbirds at our church, um, but like, and here we are, you know? And so, but I we we um, I was telling uh, Matt and Witt this week, uh, they're getting married in a few weeks and I do uh pre-marriage coaching with couples that are about to get married. And, and I was telling them that when I'm around people, I wanna make sure that if I'm around people, I leave them better than, when, than before I met them. Does that make sense? Like if I'm gonna hang out with people, I wanna help people. Like, and there's some people that they're hard to help. I wanna help those people. And the people that are easy to help, I wanna help those people. But anyone I encounter, I wanna leave them better than when, than when I first met them. But here's what I want you to know is I wanna leave better. I rode with Clay for uh, 50, 55 minutes to this, um, to this place and I, I was there with him and, 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 and his son-in-law and I was asking tons of questions because I wanna leave better. Like I want to ask the right questions. I, I meet once a month with, with Randy and Randy's a little bit older than I am just by a little bit, but I want to ask lots of questions because I want to leave, I want to leave better. I want to, I want to leave better than when I did. And if I'm with you today, if I'm asking you questions, it's not because I'm grilling you. People are like, man, why do you ask a lot of questions? Because I'm trying to learn about you. I care about you. I want to know about you. But here's what I know, that God made you the way that he made you and I can learn a lot from you. I took Tyler to my favorite Mexican restaurant a few weeks ago, a Kobe taco company. And I asked a lot of questions, but I learned a lot for a few moments. You're like, Wes, how can you learn from somebody younger than you? You can learn from everybody if you ask the right questions. That's just a freebie today. But here's what I want you to know. We're gonna drive, we've ran fast for two years. And I'll be honest with you, I was in a men's Bible study a few weeks ago with Josh and zero to 20 is, um, is season one of your life. And season two is 20 to 40, season three, 40 to 60, etc. You guys got it. I, I, after 60, I get confused. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm at season two of my life and I'm running fast. And I was telling these guys, like, I'm not, like I'm running super, super fast. Like I like double book stuff like all the time. But you know what I know? I'm not gonna be able to run fast forever. I'm not gonna be able to run fast forever. So I wanna run fast while I can. That's what I wanna do. And do I wanna pace out? Yes, I wanna pace out. I was talking to my friends that ran his first half marathon uh, last week. And, and I, I love when I run a marathon, I, when, I, when my first marathon, I was like, I'm gonna go run seven minute miles. I'm out there seven minute mile, mile one, seven minute mile, mile two, eight minute mile, mile three. And it just went progressively worse. Now when I go around, I realize marathon, you don't have to sprint and walk unless you're some people. <laughs> I just wanna get at eight minute miles and just take my time and just enjoy the ride and just go and observe it around me. and I want to hit every water break because I want to serve. I want to be able to walk the next day. There's a reason why I'm sitting down today. It's because I can't stand any longer. <clears throat> I want to just, I want to just, I, I've only got this, I've only got 20 to 40. I've only got, I think I'm 35. I've only got five more years to run fast. But I'll be honest with you, I can't wait. I can't wait to be in, in you know, this is bad. I hate to say this, you never want to wish that you were in somebody else's season, but I like, I want to be in the next season. Um cuz I feel like when you get to when you get to the next season, you can you can just quarterback this thing. And I want to quarterback it. Like I want to grow this I want this church to keep on growing. I want to reach more people and I want to I want to go from this position to the front row. And I want to cheer on some fast talking knucklehead that says wrong things every week. And I just want to cheer them on. That's, where I, that's what I want to do. That's where I'm going. In case you're wondering how long I'm going to stay for, you're like, how long is it going to take them? Like I was telling Clay, like if, if you ever see people like in wheelchairs and, and walkers, you can rest assured they were athletes in middle school and high school. Like I want to be, if I got to be in my wheelchair, cheering this guy on up here, that's what I, I want to be in that season. And I was like, Wes, you're like, but until then, I'm gonna run fast until I get to that season. But I do wanna be in that season. I wanna coach and quarterback. That's what I wanna do. <laughs> and um, I'm, a, I'm a better coach than I am a player. Like, I just wanna sit and help. And I wanna say, hey, you're doing a good job. Uh, my, my buddy uh, Benzinger's here today and, 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 and he, I walked into the, um, to the kid's room and he's like, hey man, thanks for serving today. I'm like don't even go to this church you know like but he's like like i want to cheer the people on i want to high five people and i want to make fun of the guy up here in skinny jeans that's what i want to do i want to be that guy you know like i don't want to be up here forever i want to be able to sit there i want to be able to orchestrate i want to be able to give some of the wisdom and i want to you know i want to watch the gray hairs grow in the in the guy that's up here like that's what i want to do that's my long-term goal but right now i'm going to run fast and so we've been talking about going all in and going all in and going all in. And, I, and, I, and, and someone's like, well, what does that even mean? Like you say that all the time, but here's what I, I want. Next year, we want to see hundred people give their life to Christ going into 2018. We're starting two services, not because we're bored, not because we're at max capacity, but here's what we believe. We believe that we can open up more room at the table at 9 a.m. There's a, there's a population of people in this, in, this, in this city that doesn't go to church, but they would go if they can go earlier. Does that make sense? So we're opening up space at 9 a.m., so more people can come and hear about Jesus, their life can be changed. And that's what we're bent about. So, we wanna see 100 people give their life to Christ next week. We wanna grow by 100 people this coming year because we believe eternity is at stake. So, we're gonna open up our tents. We're already doing that. That's, nine, that's coming January 21. Dear Jesus, make it not hurt as bad as I thought it was gonna be. You know, like I was talking to Matt this week, he's like, if you're gonna do anything successful, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt, what did we say? It's gonna be painful. <laughs> it's gonna hurt, it's gonna be painful. It's gonna take long. those are the same exact thing. It, was, it sounded better, it was, a, it was a better tweet than what I'm saying to you right now. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard and it's gonna hurt. That, that's just reality, we know that. But we're making up space, but here's what we do. We need to drive some tents down. We need some of you guys help drive some tents down. We need to drive the stakes deep. We need to drive the stakes. And some of you guys, you're already all in. You're already all in. You're just like here, like you're ready to go. And like, you're, like we're going to go with you and we've been going with you. Um, but here's, what I want to I give you a couple things, a couple things about going all in. Honestly, I, I was telling someone this year, like I care more about your soul. Uh, Josh posted this first yesterday in our dream team Facebook. And it, and, and it said, man, I hope your soul is doing well. I want your soul to be doing well. The scriptures, I, I think it was in Hebrews. I want, I want your soul to be well. What I really care about is people's souls to be well. That's what I care about. If hundred people can get their souls well next year, I'm, that's what I'm about. I'm okay if God brings more, but I want people's souls to be well. I want their eternity, I want them to know where they're gonna spend eternity at. Because most people are walking around this world today, they have no idea where they're gonna land the plane at. They have no idea where their destiny is or their destination is. And our destination is heaven. Our destination is not a better 401k. Our destination is not a bigger home, not nicer. Our destination is heaven. I want us to get ready for heaven. So Bible tells us, get ready for heaven while you're on earth. So if we we go all in here, we'll be ready for when we get to heaven. So we're going to drive some stakes. I want your soul to be well, okay? If anything, I want to make sure you land with this idea in your mind. Like, I want you to be good with God. If you join this journey, awesome. If this is your first and last Sunday, I want you leaving better than you walked in. So, here's what I want you to know about driving your stakes down deep and making the tent wider. Your commitment attracts His presence. Your commitment attracts His presence. The more you're around, we got some guys that come to set up every week, and they're there, and I can see them just attracting God's presence. Because when you're committed to Him, you're just there all the time. You're just there. All, you're, I'm here all the time, Wes. This is my, some of you guys here, this is, you actually enjoy being here then you actually enjoy being at your home. And this is more your home than your home is. And you can't wait to be here and you wish the doors were open seven days a week. (laughs) I don't, but you do. (laughs) You're like, man, that sounds rude. It probably is, but it's truthful. You know, and these songs that we sing today, I listen to these songs all week long. I'm gonna listen to myself preach tomorrow. I'm going to listen to three other guys preach tomorrow. I'm going to be in the car for an hour and a half to Tampa, an hour and a half back on the Wednesday. I'm going to listen to a lot of, I'm going to hear sermons where I'm going to be at. I'm having church seven days a week. I'm not loving you guys on Sunday mornings. I'm loving people seven days a week. I'm trying to. That's like, that's my goal. The goal my goal is to have a church that never sleeps. We're always encouraging people. We're always loving people. Your commitment attracts his presence. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6, Proverbs chapter three, verse six, seek his will in all that you do and he'll show you which path to take. I wrote down a couple things I want to give you. His ways, he is way more committed to you than you'll ever be committed to him. He is way more committed to you than you'll ever be to him. But here's the good news. He's not keeping score and neither should you. This isn't about a gold star deal. Like I used to, I used to, I don't remember if you remember this Russell, but the gold stars, like you'd get the gold stars. Like I used to be a gold star Christian. It was all about, It was all about the outward appearance of doing good. And I would give myself a gold sticker. I I don't know if I told you this a few weeks ago, but I used to like, have you ever been in church before? Don't raise your hand, but if you've ever been in church before and and you felt judged, have you ever felt that before? Just kind of like nod your head. You know what I I was telling a friend of mine the other day, like I've never felt that before. You wanna know why I've never felt that before? Because you're one of two people. You're either doing the judging or you're being judged. And God was like, you know why you never felt it before, Wes? He told me this this was in a meeting with, with a friend of mine because I was always the one doing the judging. It's embarrassing to admit that. But it's encouraging to know that I've moved on. I'm in progress. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. And so I love the fact that that's kind of where I was at. But God's not keeping score. We don't need to keep score. Your commitment attracts his presence. Here's the second thing. Your availability, it'll show his power. Your availability show his power. Like Wes, those sounds pretty close. They sound pretty cool. Let me show the difference real quick on this. If you show up, God will show up. If you show up, God will show off. Like he'll take care of you. Like he'll do the, he always does the heavy lifting. He always does all the, he always does all all the work. I heard uh, T.D. Jakes say this ah, a few weeks ago. God gives opportunity. And what we do with it is our gift back to him. God gives us opportunity. And what we do with it is our gift back to him. He just gives you opportunity. So when you're available, his, his power shows up. His power shows up. And then lastly, I don't know if you have this or not in your notes, but here it is for you. A commitment to God is a commitment to a better you. A commitment to God is a commitment to a better you. And I don't know about you, Hopefully you're not as high in yourself as, as, as I've spent most of my life. But I hope you all in here today say no, you can get better. <laughs> you can get better. Joe was at my house a few weeks ago and and or a while ago and and I, and I had this. Or I was telling about this this thing in my house. I gotta fix this drywall. And I'm like, man, these guys in our church. I know they're thinking we gotta get a pastor that can use a hammer, like. <laughs> of all the churches we picked this one you didn't have a hammer you know my, my toolbox for the first six years of marriage, of marriage was a Mickey Mouse lunchbox you know and so I've gotten bigger ones and better ones to my wife so like I'm embarrassed that you don't have a toolbox hon. here's a toolbox you know and for Christmas the guys are like my wife told me to get you a gap gift card but instead I got you a toolbox you know like this is what this isn't what you want but it's what you need here you go and um, I, I know this I, the other day my wife's like you got you're gonna fix that she goes you're gonna she, goes, she actually, she says, are you going to handle that or am I going to handle that? And I was thinking, "Lord, I hope she says she wants to handle it I, you know. So I got my drill that some guy bought for me, Brad, and I went and found a, you know, I think you guys use a drill bit. I went and Googled drill bit and I realized I had one. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, I got this. Brent's like, I'm leaving this church. This guy is, this guy's ridiculous. <laughs> Or Brent's like, I'm going to stay here because I feel bad for his wife and I'm going to be there to help him. And uh, uh, someone gave us a couple of fans yesterday. When you're a pastor, people will give you all kinds of random things. Like, you're like, hey, I need a fan. Like, here's fans. Chris texts me, hey, I'll, cu- I'll, I'll let you borrow my tools. I'm like, borrow your tools? I need you to put the fans up. <laughs> like, um, I know this. I, I, I got my drill bit out and I, I hung up this, this, this rod. Like, I was like, I said, babe, look at that. And she's like, babe, that's incredible. I'm like, you better encourage me because if you don't, I won't do this ever again, you know? But I, I'm committed. I, I want to be a better version of me tomorrow than I was today. I never want to get comfortable where I'm at. I want to be getting, I want to be getting better. I live in this mentality as if you're either going forward or you're going backwards. And I want to keep on going. But when we're available, we can see his power. We can see his power. Let's bow our head and close our eyes.